Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Orbital Command hosts Umlet, Payments Infrastructure for Web3. Let's take a listen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night to anyone uh, that is tuning in today. If you are listening to this, you are on an Orbital Command Twitter space. This is Dr. Dalscoin coming to you live in real time. I'm just having a quick setup in the background, and we'll get this show on the road in just a moment. I'm just going to make sure I don't have any background echo going on here. Um, of course, this next hour, we're going to be chatting with Umlet, is the way it is pronounced, I believe, and it is more specifically going to be the one of the founders, uh, Nauman Ali. Uh, quick background on Nauman. He has worked at uh, numerous financial institutions, including Credit Suisse, Bank of, Amer- uh, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, Deutsche Bank, Bank of England, and spent 10 years at Microsoft specializing in analytics and a bunch more. So we're going to dive into his background, his co-founder's background, what Umla are up to, uh, get into some of the nitty-gritties of what is on the horizon for this coming year. As per usual, if you have tuned to Spaces, you'd be aware that terraspaces.org is going to be recording it, and it'll be listenable after the fact on terraspaces.org and also on Spotify. So with that being said, what I'm going to do is just bring up our speaker for today. Invite to speak. Yes, please. Uh, as per usual, if you aren't already delegated to Orbital Command, you can do so. If you do like what we do, we try and provide education and informative information for people uh, to make better decisions with their investing and their decision-making pro- processes in the future around navigating Web3. Uh, you can also join us in the Discord for heaps of great tutorials and access to uh, some projects that we work with. and. We might even be getting a little job opportunity section going up in there soon too. So if you are talent, if you are skilled in this space and you want to get connected with uh, projects working in Web3, we might be able to help you out there too. Just give us a thumbs up if you can hear me because I'm starting to feel like I might not be heard. Okay, I'm getting a thumbs up from Deebs. That's good. That's heartening. What I might do is just bring up Deebs for a moment. Just have a chat while we're waiting for our guest to arrive and let's just see if the speaker works all right deeves i've just sent you an invitation to jump up as a speaker here we go you should be able to hear me now and you should be able to talk hello hello how are you hey okay thank you for jumping on and proving that the call is actually working i started to think there was something weird going on with the space so it must be something on umlet's end how are you my friend while we're waiting uh i'm good i'm good how are you i'm i'm actually uh I got this SQL course up here that I, I'm going through. Um, I, I know Farmer is working on it too, so I'm, I'm trying to become a dashboard analyst. So baby steps, right? Look at, look at you guy putting in the time. <laughs> Good on you. Trying. Aside from writing for you. 
or your weekly threads. You've just put one out recently and uh, inform the people what's going on in the cosmos. What's, uh, what are some of the latest updates that you can share with some people here while we're waiting for Nauman? Sure. Um, and, you know, the best way for me to do it is I can, I'm just going to go back to the, to the thread here, right? So, I mean, some of the big things people are talking about right now are uh, what's going on with Station, right? That's probably the most obvious news. So uh, we know that Station's integrating like 20 plus chains um, throughout Cosmos. So if if you're curious, right, Station is Terra Station, uh, right? It's rebranded under a new name uh, to be a Cosmos wallet, not a Terra wallet. Um, and, you know, they, they gave a big list. You probably already uh, saw it, Doctor, but, you know, including Cosmos Hub, Prism, Mars, Juno. And I want to say the le- latest tweet by Jared from TFL said, us. The ones that they were working on right now were okay. So it's Lunk, Osmosis, Juno, Say, and Carbon. Um, so I, I'm assuming the rest are kind of just gonna follow. Uh, so I mean, that's the biggest biggest piece. I'm I'm assuming you saw that, right? Yes, I did. Sorry, I'm just trying to type a message to Nelman in the background, but yes, I did. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. Um, do what you gotta do. Yeah. So I'm looking at some of the other stuff here. Um, and so one thing I can actually do, not, you know, not to just spotlight myself, but in case anyone wants to read along here, I should be able to just pin this to the top. Uh, but some of the other pieces, right, from this week, um, Ryan the Lion, this was a little bit more of speculation, uh, but talked about some information about Alliance. So it's kind of looking like we're going to have a... Um, it, it, towards the end of January into February is when we're going to see sort of some of these things that have been TFL has been talking about for a while, right? So you have the integrations on station um, followed by Alliance um, for a couple chains. We don't know the names yet, but apparently there's interest. And then hopefully, you know, following that, we will see some of new chains wanting to get spun up on the Feather module. Um, so that's all some pretty exciting news that's coming up. Um, I'm scrolling through here, just trying to see what were some of the other like big things that I thought were exciting. Uh, Save Protocol had their IPC. It was live three days ago. I'm not sure if it still is, but uh, that's kind of, if anyone doesn't know, that's like a learn-to-earn type game. Uh, so their whole you know, business model, I guess, is gaming education so it's an nft metaverse and the idea is that you can kind of like upgrade and evolve your nft and as you're learning you're earning these save tokens which can be used on more customizable items uh, for your nft Uh, and again the the game is focused around language learning Uh, i don't have access to the beta i know some people do but you know if anyone does or if you would like to share i'd love to hear more about that one uh, but that's going on their IPC through Valkyrie Protocol. Just I'm just still looking here. What were some of the other exciting stuff? Enterprise DAO. And what was this? They were they were just doing some updates on their SDK and their DAO token. That was some of the big stuff. Oh, did we get someone up here? I think we might be in business. Yeah, I can see now I'm up as a speaker. <laughs> I'm in finally. Good morning. Hey guys, how's it going? 
Hi, thank you, Debs, just for jumping in there and uh, filling the space a little bit as I was trying to get some messages in the background happening. I appreciate that. And we'll leave you up here because you'll have some questions later, I imagine. So feel free to just stick around. In the meantime, Nauman, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? And where in the world are you? I am based in sunny Queensland on the Gold Coast in Australia. As if the accent wasn't a giveaway. <laughs> uh, I think it's 6 a.m. here or 12 past 6 to be precise. Blazing oh. Feeling very good about it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, happy to be um, here, guys, and thanks very much for having me on. So welcome. And look, I'm just going to check in as well. I can see your co-founder is also here, who I've invited to come up as a co-host. I'm not sure if, um, and I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Gilam? Gilom? Guillaume? Is Guillaume happy to come up? Guillaume. It's uh, French for William. Ah, gotcha. Okay, Guillaume. Well, Guillaume, there's an invitation there for you to come up. Let's speak also if you want that. Uh, it is there. In the meantime, let's pick up uh, some steam here, seeing as we've sort of missed a couple of minutes. I did a little brief introduction at the very start. I'm not sure if you could hear me numb, but I was just sort of saying that you've uh, got a pretty prolific history where you've been involved with companies such as Credit Suite, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, Deutsche Bank, Bank of England, and you've uh, also worked at Microsoft. Pretty good resume there. And of course, uh, your partner, Guillaume, has also. Uh, spent some time particularly with Microsoft. Is that where you both met? That is actually. So um, when we were, when I was um, fresh out of um, university uh, as a, uh, as a computer scientist, um, uh, you know, I landed my first job at Microsoft, um, you know, with uh, full on imposter syndrome. And I was thinking to myself, what the hell do these guys see in me? Why did they hire me? Um, and that's where I actually met, I met Guillaume there. Um, for the first time. So we've, that goes back uh, a long way, actually. This was back when Bill Gates was running the company. Um, so, so yeah, we've, <laughs> we've, we've done our rounds a little bit um, with the tech companies and also some of the big banks, as you, as you described. But yeah, that's exactly where we met. And um, we sort of, we've been in touch. Um, you know, I went away and did a bunch of stuff after leaving Microsoft. Um, uh, as you mentioned, work with a bank, um, help them architect the uh, RTGS system, which is the real-time growth settlement system there. Um, did some cool stuff with the FCA. Uh, is that allowed? Am I allowed to say the FCA here? <laughs> the Financial Conduct Authority? Sure, we'll allow it. <laughs> so did did some stuff with those guys um, and then uh, ran my own analytics business for, for, for a bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, you mentioned some of the banks that I work with as part of the uh, – uh, some of the use cases that I worked on that was mainly around trading, trading, scaling trading platforms, um, and um, some sort of data data analytics. Early days when they called it business intelligence, now it's sort of all the rage with AI and analytics. Um, back then they called it business intelligence. So, so yeah, I did my round. That's where we met. That's where I met Guillaume. We've sort of been in touch ever since. So it's what probably giving away my age now. Uh, Twenty plus years, maybe a bit more than that. Um, and then we sort of uh, reconvened or reconnected um, in, in sort of 2020 um, and came up with a concept of, of Umlet. Yes, great. Let's talk about Umlet. So just to be, just to be clear, is it Umlet or Umlet? Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's actually, it's actually uh, Umlet. Um, it's a funny, there's a story behind the name. We didn't just sort of put our finger in the air and, 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 and you know, you know, bounce a bunch of things that sounded right. We were actually in Dubai 
uh, when we were discussing the the concept of of Umlet. And um, we were, you know, we were talking about um, the idea and we were talking about, you know, the, the sort of uh, the concept of it all, et cetera. And um, we asked one of the waiters there um, a question in the native language. So we said, you know, what, how do you say currencies in, in Arabic? Because that's kind of that's a native language in, in, in the Middle East. Right. Um, and uh, and the waiter said, well, it's it's sort of it's it's uh, it's pronounced umlet. Um, obviously with an Arabic accent. So we thought, well, there you go. That That's the name. That's actually a great story. I love that uh, you were able to take such a, what seems to be a simple conversation and turn it into, a, well, effectively, a business and a brand. So I love the clarity there. I did notice on one of the videos that the pronunciation from the narrator was umlet, and so it just caused a little confusion in my mind because I was originally calling it umlet. So we got there in the end. But my question to you, and this is probably the, the most appropriate thing to get everything started off today, uh, you know, for the people that are just tuning in and for the people that will tune in, by the way, this will get shared on terraspaces.org. It'll be on Spotify. It'll be in the OC, Telegram, and Discord. So there'll be more listens uh, once it's done as well. So don't fear. Uh, that will get the word out there for you. But what is Umlet? Um, so Umlet is effectively a, um, a, a, a platform that allows you to pay, manage, uh, store your digital assets um, in a safe and secure manner. So effectively, that's 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 kind of it's your all-in-one kind of shop to uh, to pay people, to manage your 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 crypto assets, um, to store your stuff in um, in a in, in a really safe and secure way. Uh, and each one of those terms means something in the in the sense of the way we've effectively designed it. Um, what we affect what we noticed. Um, when we were, you know, planning this out in 2020, that there, there wasn't really a, a Web3 based dedicated um, uh, solution that allowed companies primarily at the time who were native Web3 to manage payments, to manage uh, expenses, to manage um, uh, payees, um, uh, all the kind of stuff that you need to do from a day to day perspective um, when it comes to managing your finance as a business. Uh, and that's where the where the concept originally um, uh, came from, and uh, you know we, we we were one of the first companies that sort of POC'd streaming payments on Terra um, back then, um, and since then it's effectively evolved into a, li a little bit of of a beast because um, one of the things that we felt was well you know we've done pay now and we've done manage and we've done this and why don't we do on ramp and why don't we do off ramp. You know, why do we need our users to go anywhere else? Why don't we, why do we create a completely self-contained kind of financial solution for, for businesses, but also um, a solution that could even touch retail? Uh, so that's effectively what it, what it is um, in, in, in a nutshell. Fantastic. And a lot of people wouldn't realize or may not realize you've been around, yeah, you said since 2020 was the kind of beginnings of the conversation around building this, this business. And of course, you were around during the May crash of Terra. Did you have to pivot much? Was there much that changed behind the scenes to to continue uh, the Umlet vision, or what, how did you navigate that? Um, yeah, good question. So um, it was, uh, I guess, it was a, a kind of a moment of truth for us, um, and it really tested um, the team. It tested the team's resilience. It tested our concept. Um, you know, we were heavily involved with UST. 
um, from 2020 onwards. And um, as, a, as a direct kind of result of that, also into Anchor. Um, so we were, you know, really kind of um, ingrained in the whole ecosystem there. And when the unfortunate events of May took place, uh, we had to somewhat go to the drawing board because that was a lot of work that went in. And we were a native terror project at the time. Uh, so we had to go to the drawing board and, and sort of reevaluate the future of Umlet. Um, and, you know, it was a, it was kind of a point where we said, well, do we pack it in? Do we continue? What direction do we go in? Um, how do we, you know, how do we keep our vision alive? Um, and at the heart and core of the vision was adoption. It, it, that, that, you know, with, without a shadow of a doubt, that's what it's always been. And, and it's still that today. Um, and so how do we do that? Um, and, you know, one of the remarkable things that, you know, that TFL did was, um, uh, you know, was the um, one uh, in terms of how the whole situation was was handled effectively. But what came out of that was the Terra V2. Uh, so it's quite an easy, easy switch for us to get to get onto, on, onto V2. But um, I think for us, it made absolute sense to start moving into um, uh, interoperability with other ecosystems as well. Um, and if you look at kind of technology, if you've been around as, as long as I have in tech, um, you'll notice that, you know, you have, of course, you have um, uh, language supremacy, like, you know, whether you code in Java, or whether you code in Python, whether you coded in .NET back in the day. But ultimately, all of these applications need to talk to each other if you're going to really get scale, scale at large. Uh, and that was kind of our ethos um, at the time. Uh, and we took that as an opportunity to start introducing integration of other chains um, into into Umlet, um, and then also allow sort of uh, the cross-chain compatibility of that as well. So that's kind of how we we navigated the events of summer. Um, and so you know a lot of the stuff we we had to we had to sort of build from ground up, um, especially on the smart contract side. Um, and um, we took that as an opportunity to redo some of the uh, feedback, you know, redo some of the um, uh, building on the UI UX side based on the feedback that we were getting from some of the early adopters, or, you know, along alpha and the beta uh, stages of the program. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of, uh, well, you know, that was, uh, you know, how we sort of um, uh, navigated uh, the episodes of, 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 of what happened in May. Yeah, great. I have a I have a larger amount of respect for that. Yeah, you know, I I've been doing this gig for a while now and talking to a, an array of projects for the last year, and I have chatted to other uh, say on ramps, fiat on ramps, and and businesses that are doing things uh, similar to what you're doing that haven't just the time they've they've sort of disappeared, and I, I haven't heard much from them since. So I tip my hat to you there. Of course, this year you've got a bunch of new features that are uh, coming out. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that as we go on, the cross-chain interoperability, smart payment links, rewards programs, et cetera, like that. But uh, I did hear on a recent interview that you did with Paula Tappinger, or Tappinger from Swissborg Ventures. She said uh, you were having a conversation about uh, funding startups, and there was a line in there that caught my attention, and it was uh, you said, very explicitly know your value proposition very clearly mm -hmm. so my question to you Nauman, is let's talk value proposition of umlet and let's talk uh differentiating differentiating factors from competitors in this space sure sure absolutely um yeah that was one of the interviews that i did um uh i think in last year um an event that i was attending which was um 
a Web three based event um, focused in, in in Africa, I believe at the time. Uh, but yeah, that's um, credit to credit to your uh, due diligence and your and your research there, sir. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Look, um, the value pro- the clear value proposition for us is to enable um, businesses um, uh, and uh, help them make the transition across from web two to web three finance. That's that's kind of what where we're focused at. Now, in terms of the problem that we, we you know, we identified, which is the one that I ex- explained previously, is a, uh, a financial management tool, which does payments, stores your stores your assets securely um, for businesses. That's, that's kind of the initial uh, problem that we focused on and that's where we built the platform. But it grow, grows a little bit beyond that because payments touches such a big space um, and as I mentioned, we started moving into the on-off ramp um, side of things as well. And we noticed a number of problems with the with the way uh, solutions are doing on-ramping and off-ramping today. And one of the biggest problems um, that you see with the with that is the volatility of the fees that you pay. So you can pay anything from you know two, three, four percent all the way to seven, eight percent to on-ramp uh, fiat into into Web three. Um, depending on who you go to, right, and 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 that's that's not a good experience. Number one, number two, um, I think it's, I think the number is around sixty percent, sixty to seventy percent of money is on ramped, a fiat is on ramped into Web three using credit cards, and you know the issue with credit cards, right? So you can probably top up maybe three thousand, maybe five thousand per day. Again, fees fees are are scattered across various different intermediaries. Uh, and that's the problem that we really, really wanted to hone into and, and solve that by bringing forth a tech native solution that seamlessly allows you to plug your bank account into Web3. So that's the one big feature that we, we, we sort of just finished off and we've integrated into, into the platform. Uh, and we're going to be launching uh, an API for that to, to enable other businesses to be able to plug that into, a, into various different use cases, uh, as you can imagine. Certainly. And with the businesses that you speak of, is this any business? Is there a specific type of business? Is this, um, how is this something that you are going to get in the hands of the businesses? Because ultimately they're, they're your main customers. It's not general pop. It's the businesses that are using the API uh, to benefit their business. Sure. So And their customers. Yeah, sure. So, so you got around... You know, um, Deloitte and PayPal uh, performed a, a study last year um, across the e-commerce and um, uh, online retail business. And the response they got was 85% of businesses are now, um, you know, considering moving towards Web3 payments. But they complain about how do you get money? One of the, the biggest problems they have when they face is one, integration issues uh, and two, um uh, how you get the how you get the money from fiat or your traditional banking system into Web three, and the third one, of course, and you always get this is trust. How do you trust a product to do that for you? Um, so the initial kind of space in which we're focusing towards is exactly that. So e commerce, retail. Um, these are these are um, you know uh, there are a huge amount of people now that have crypto that want to use crypto to make payments, whether that's paying for luxury goods or paying for everyday items or whether that's buying a villa. Uh, I mean, if you move, if you look at what's happening in in Dubai, you're you know you've got a lot of these uh, um, uh, sort of uh, you, outlets which are selling luxury style villas or exotic cars or very very expensive art that are now taking 
payments in in crypto. But the problem they have is exactly that. It's once somebody's paid them in in crypto, how do they get that money back into the bank? Or how do they get money from their fiat into into Web3? So these are sort of the use cases that we're primarily focusing on over the next kind of quarter. Uh, And we've got um, a handful of businesses um, already testing the product. Uh, with us in the background, um, you know, and we're again honing in on the product market fit on that side. I'm not say, I'm not going to say that it's we're already there in terms of product market fit, but that's something that t- does take some time. Uh, but that's that's kind of where we're at with the use cases. Got it. And on a recent Twitter post, uh, you were stating basically that there are three things that you're addressing here. It's faster, cheaper and safer. So faster bridging of bank accounts to Web3, cheaper, meaning no intermediaries, mm-hmm. and safer via directly into self-custody. Can you really talk a little bit about the hows of those three? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when we say faster, we, we remove the, um, it, it's also linked to point two. But when we say faster, we're using native technology. So I'm not sure if you're aware of uh, faster payments um, that, that sort of uh, operate over SWIFT or SEPA. Um, if you've used a banking app in, in your native country and you've sent some money using your banking app um, to a friend, maybe you guys went out for lunch or dinner, you want to split the bill and you just sort of pay via your banking app. Um, in the UK and most of Europe, effectively what happens is that payment settled in less than 60 seconds. So more or less, you'll see that the money appears in your in your friend's bank account almost immediately as you send the money. So what we're doing is we're using those faster payment rails to facilitate the on-ramping and off-ramping. So you get a much, much more faster experience. So, you know, um, and we talk about this on on, uh, on on Twitter as well. So our on-ramp experience uh, takes less than five seconds. So you can get dollars, euros, or pounds, uh, and dirhams uh, in the United Arab Emirates, and, and also soon dinars, the Saudi Arabian dinars. Uh, you can get that into uh, Web3 f- natively from your bank account, without going through a pool of liquidity providers in less than five seconds. Yeah, that's super quick. What would, in your opinion, what would be some of the competitors' um, time frames be for the same thing? So if you look at, um, if, if you look at from a, from a banking, from a bank transfer perspective, because that's what we do, um, all of this takes place through 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 a bank transfer. Now, the reason why we decided to focus on bank transfers is one, you have higher limits um, in getting money across into uh, well, when you want to make a payment, um, and two, it's it's generally what everybody well, it's generally what most businesses have access to is bank accounts. They prefer bank account transfers as opposed to you know credit card, um, and so. Um, that's kind of the the area that we that we sort of focused on is is let's build a solution around bank transfers because it's increasing year on year. Um, as I mentioned, um, most people use credit cards, but it's riddled with problems. Uh, so for us, we're focusing very much on the bank transfer side of things, and that's uh, that's what makes it very very fast um, using faster payment rails. And if you look at some of our competitors, well, that could be anything from you know at, at a minimum of twenty four hours to a few days. Uh, when they do bank transfers. Yeah, so significantly quicker. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then moving on onto the safety uh, component of it, uh, fiat directly into self-custody wallets. 
we've obviously seen the collapse of FTX in recent times and people are starting to, that may not have already received the message, they're starting to realize the importance of self-custody. Mm. Can we speak on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what we originally, when we when we came up with the with, with the POC last, sort of early last year, back in 2020, we were always um, using self-custody wallets. That's, that's never changed for us uh, because we always believed in, you know, in the in the real sort of uh, what is at the focal, what is the focal kind of uh, um, positives of blockchain and Web3? It's all about decentralization. I come from uh, an architecture background myself. And for me, it's all about, you know, decentralization and enabling uh, faster efficiency um, in, you know, uh, across the entire network of, of architecture rather than focused uh, on on sort of a centralized architecture so from from our perspective we we had always integrated uh, a decentralized way of uh, getting the money um, into into web3 and that's uh, where we partnered up with web3 auth formerly known as Taurus uh, so what they do is they they um, supply you with uh, with wallets uh, which we do not have access to the private private keys uh, and those are every time you log into Umla or you register with Umla, uh, you get registered and created a a Web3 auth private key, which is uh, mailed to you, and that is your wallet. You could do whatever you like with that. You can, uh, yeah, uh, without all the overhead, by the way. So uh, very, very different from browser-based wallets. So you, know, you have MetaMask or you have Trust Wallet, that sort of stuff. But this is very, very different. So you don't have the overhead of, of all that uh, nonsense that goes into maintaining a, you know, a, a browser-based wallet, but this is all... Uh, stored in a separate blockchain, completely uh, uh, segregated away from our architecture. Yeah, and that was something that I thought was interesting when I was looking over how uh, Yuma works at the moment. The current login sign-up options are Gmail, Discord, and Twitch. And so theoretically, the user would uh, log in with that account. It would send through, as you just said, it would mail them through their uh, private key to their wallet, uh, their own self-custody wallet. What was the decision-making process uh, for making Gmail, Discord, and Twitch the go-to login accounts? Well, uh, well, uh, for us, it was again, it was about the ease of use um, and the experience that you get in the familiar experience you get with Web two um, applications. And so, a lot of if you look at a lot of Web two applications, you can be registered online. And using an application by just using your email address, and that's what we wanted to do: is to bring a very, very similar experience. Again, staying very close to the heart of adoption and helping people adopt and move over to Web three. Um, so we wanted to create a way in which they could log into something which is very familiar with uh, their day to day or the day to day lives and application that they may already be using. So that was one of the reasons why we opted for that, and of course. Um, uh, a lot of these methods have native two-phase security, um, and and that was also very important for us. Got it. Makes sense to me. It's it's uh, creating frictionlessness, making it as simple as possible for people to use the products that they already use to uh, be onboarded to a new product, which is Umlet. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, and then the final part was the cheaper. So the no intermediaries. Typically speaking, uh, what sort of percentage are intermediaries taking, and how does how does Umlet's revenue generation model work? How do you generate revenue yourselves uh, in this process? Sure. So if you look at um, Zanpool, for example, 
um, or to a certain extent, even MoonPay, um, you know, you effectively, you as a user, you would um, enter through MoonPay or Zanpool and you then, let's say you want to exchange, I don't know, um, X for X, X for Y. Um, you would have to be, you know, you would, you are provided with a, a list of all the liquidity providers that are willing to do that swap for you. Uh, specifically, uh, that's kind of one of the way. That's one of the. It's it's a great thing, but unfortunately, it does cause a lot of volatility, and people are setting their price to that. Um, arguably, it is competitive, but no one's passing on the savings to the users right now. It's just not happening. So we decided to connect the native bank accounts, the users' native bank accounts to Web3 and completely remove the intermediaries, uh, which basically puts the user in control and allows a user to benefit from a fixed rate, which is 1%. Uh, and that is what the user pays with us. And as we onboard more and more users, we will we will you know revisit that percentage that that Umlet is taking, uh, potentially make it a little bit more cheaper. We'll we'll see how see how we go down, down the road. Uh, but that's effectively how um, we are different because we natively uh, uh, connecting bank accounts to Web three, we're able to bypass all of that. Got it. The Umlet Fiat Bridge. Just shifting uh, topics here slightly. The the Umlet Fiat Bridge. Uh, obviously. There's security, there's regulation, there's considerations, there's challenges that pop up for you guys as you're building all of this out. You know, what are some of the considerations that have popped up for you? What have been some of the challenges? And talk to us a little bit about the Fiat Bridge uh, security and regulation. Sure. Um, yeah, good question. So um, it's one thing to sort of design a great piece of tech. Um, and then the regulators come along and, and, and ask you, hey, what, what, what is it that you're doing here? Um, and we've had our fair share of that. Uh, so some of the things that we had to you know, do in the background was, um, you know, one of, well, I guess you could say that the advantage that we had by doing a native text, which is using the concept of open banking APIs uh, over faster, faster rails, uh, the providers of open banking APIs have to be regulated in the various jurisdictions that they operate in. So that was uh, one of the benefits and advantages um, that we, we, you know, that we that we had uh, and we we leveraged on. Uh, but on top of that, we had to add an extra layer of um, monitoring uh, and security to effectively have a look at uh, all the funds that are being on ramped and off ramped um, and. Uh, and really tying in on our AML policies. So that's, you know, we, we had to sort of um, uh, stop, pause development, uh, get the lawyers involved, have a look at the various jurisdictions, have a look at various anti-money laundering policies in the various jurisdictions that we operate across, get all those things in order, get the policies in order. Um, and in some jurisdictions, they required us to have sort of active real-time monitoring of the type of money that's being off-ramped. Um, and we had to put some of those measures in place that delayed some of the, uh, the development timelines over, 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 over autumn and winter. Uh, but it was a necessary step that we had to take um, because, you know, what we are, who we are targeting are uh, sort of the B2B and B2C market. And for those businesses, it's absolutely important and imperative that we have crossed our T's and dot, dotted the I's when it comes to uh, compliance and regulation. 
certainly, yeah, you've got to make sure that you've got everything, all your bases covered. Um, yeah, you don't want to be caught with your pants down. So <laughs> that's, that makes complete sense to me. The Let's talk about, so we've talked challenges, we've talked uh, a bit about the history, how it's been built. You know, when you zoom out, well, just thinking about goals here, when you zoom out and you see, you know, perhaps, let's see, let's suppose that in 2024, after the next Bitcoin halving, some momentum comes back to the market, um, some trust comes back to the market. What do you want to see for Umla at that time? Yeah, I think for us, you know, it's uh, about um, helping as many users, as many businesses um, and also users uh, move and adopt um, uh, Web3 and uh, look at and take uh, crypto assets more seriously. And we really want Umlet to, to be at the crossroads in helping uh, all these people uh, have access to, to, to Web3 in a way in which is is a lot more seamless than it than it than it was in the previous bull run. Um, and that's that's really what you know that that like I said it's it's for us it's all about adoption. Um, we've been in meddling with cryptocurrency for about ten years. Um, I was actually at the Bank of England when I read the the Bitcoin white paper uh, around about 2011, 2012, um, and we were you know we, we've been hooked ever since. And so you know our belief goes back way then. And we certainly believe that, you know, this is the future. And so for us, it's about making people's lives as easy as possible and giving them a very, very unique experience in doing so. Certainly. So let's talk about some of the features that are coming uh, up in the early what Q1, Q2 of 2023, I believe. Mm-hmm. That being cross-chain interoperability. Uh, as, I'm, as I understand it, it's currently operational with Terra, Polygon, and Avalanche. Is that right? That's correct, yes. So what are the next options? What are we looking at? I know that there's been conversation around Ethereum, BSC, Arbitrum, Optimism, Phantom, uh, Cosmos, and Solana. What is you know, What are the priorities and what are the updates on interoperability there? So, yeah, absolutely. So some of the, the, the way in which we've um, integrated um, – blockchains has been purely down to demographics and jurisdictions in which they operate in. Um, and some of the other ones that we're looking at very, very closely is Arbitram. Um, also, uh, as you mentioned, we're looking at um, the wider ecosystem, which is Cosmos-based, um, uh, potentially Solana, but you know, Solana is a little bit down the priority order until those guys can uh, get their act in order. Um, but uh, but yeah, those are sort of the ones that we're, we're going to start off with. We were looking at Binance Smart Chain, but we're going to pause on that, um, considering Binance is a little bit under the lens at the moment. Um, so so yeah, that's kind of immediately what what we're what we're looking at. But effectively, it's whatever our customers demand from us, right? So that's how we're looking at it. I mean, we were a native Terra project to begin with, so it made absolute sense to continue with that. Um, and from a sort of community and development standpoint, I think you know Terra's Terra's really up there for us. Um, and uh, and and then Polygon and Avalanche, um, Avalanche purely from a institutional perspective. Um, we saw a lot of traction, a lot of institutions adopt Avalanche. So it also made sense to us. So we're basically, you know, they say follow the money. That's effectively how we're, how we're, how we're taking that approach. That's interesting that you were saying the institutional adoption of Avalanche has been the highest or higher out of the, those uh, examples there. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think if you look at Avalanche and, and where where a lot of the adoption for Avalanche is, it tends to be focused around 
um, sort of the the w- within Europe, but the countries where there is European countries that are, that are suffering recently from a lot of hyperinflation. Um, Turkey also, um, I mean, Turkey is pretty much, I mean, Turkey is, is heavily involved with with, with avalanche um, from certainly from the stats that we've seen, and that is a market you know that we feel is is up and coming that will potentially um, you know lead the. Uh, lead the way there in that specific region um, on on sort of crypto adoption. So, so those are some of the, you know, the, some of the stats that we saw. And from an institutional perspective, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the US with Avalanche um, and how they're approaching that. So, so that's the reason why we we, we sort of you know we we, we, look, we took we really really looked at Avalanche in a, in a serious way. Got it. I was just trying to bring up Deeps as a speaker again. Deeps, do you have a question there, mate? Oh no, he's dropped down as a listener again. Oh no, he's back as a speaker. Let's see if Deej has a question. Sure. Yeah, there's, there's, there's always a little bit of a delay bringing me up here, but um, th- thanks for bringing me up and, and thank you for joining us today. I, I did have a question. Um, hopefully I'm not too off track from where the conversation was. There's a little bit of a cutout, but um, I was a little curious when you were, we were, we were kind of talking about ease of use um, and you brought up how uh, you have partnered with another chain i think you said or or it's your own chain and it's kind of the wallet where funds are sent to so i i guess the confusion was like my my inclination or how i thought it was going to go is kind of like you connect your own native wallet right so integrated ontario you connect station so i'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about that like as the user if you move your funds from your bank account from fiat to crypto um, to whatever wallet is integrated with Umlet, um, then how do you move it to that chain that you want to like engage with DeFi on? Sure. So, um, good question. Um, so the reason why we took that approach was, um, you know, having your own sort of wallet, whether it's MetaMask or or any of the other ones, any of the po- other popular choices, um, still requires a degree of crypto knowledge and to be able to operate. Um, and maintain that wallet, and so that was one of the reasons why we we wanted to sort of remove that element from our users as much as possible. So, you know, when you go into um, when you go to a bank account and, and and an open account, now this is probably a really stupid example, but just just from a user experience perspective, you don't effectively have to know anything about how a bank works. Um, apart from you know storing your cash there, and the perception is that your you know that your money is absolutely one hundred percent safe. Now, in reality, that might not be the case, but just from a user perspective, um, again, staying with that sort of you know staying with that kind of theme, that is what we wanted to sort of replicate when we were building building out uh, building out Umlet. Now, the 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 beauty of the technology that we use Web three auth is that. Um, the, the now I'm going to probably ask Guillaume to jump in here. Um, so we were literally just talking about some of the complexities of that and how we're going to get around that. So uh, I wonder if Guillaume can be promoted up to a host because I don't want to steal his thunder. Sure, I've just invited him up as a speaker now. So he sees the invitation. He is able to accept that. That was a good question, by the way, Dave. I was actually going to ask something similar. So, great minds think alike, mate. Okay. Well, well, while I just we, want to shout out Dave while, while I wait just for being one to introduce me to you guys. Yeah, no. While we wait for Guillaume, I'll just sort of cover off um, uh, as much as I uh, can. So, on so from that perspective, you know, that was again from an experience perspective, we want to remove 
uh, some of the overhead uh, in maintaining wallets from from the user, um, and that's you know that's how we um, that's the approach we took. Now, initially, if you were to be onboarded on Yumla, it was going to be a closed platform. Effectively, you could only pay somebody who was also on the Yumla platform, or you would be able to you know transact with somebody whether you stream a payment to them or you send them a, a batch payment, etc. So there's there's an, uh, some of the cool features that we have at the moment. Uh, but then, from a lot of the feedback that we had from from the early adopters or the users where we were testing the product, um, you know, they said, "Well, look, not everybody will want to be on Yumla, and we want to be able to pay people on other, uh, you know, on other." Uh, platforms um, where they may have wallets on centralized exchanges or they may have other wallets or MetaMask wallet, et cetera, et cetera. So we then opened out the system. So, uh, you know, we don't, we don't, uh, as, so we do typically mark, we hash the public key, uh, but there is within Yumla, if you want to know what your public key is, you can go into sort of these advanced settings and you can, um, you can actually see that and then you can share that with whoever you need to share it with so they can send you uh, cash or you can send cash outwards, et cetera. So you are, you are able to do that within, within the platform. Um, uh, and you, you know, you are created a, uh, an, an address for as many, tokens or crypto cryptocurrencies that you add into your um into effectively into your portfolio so for each one of those you get created a, a an address a private key which then you own um and that gets emailed over to you as i as i mentioned uh, so 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 that's that's kind of how it works now on the technicality side i was going to get Guillaume to sort of jump in here but i'll try and cover as much as i can um the actual um uh, uh um uh, the wallet is split across three, three. Um, if I if I remember remember correctly, three. It's split across three portions. Uh, one portion goes onto onto a blockchain. The second is onto your onto your device, um, and the third is um, somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was hoping that Guillaume would be able to answer that, but he's kind of going to be AWOL. But you get but you get the picture. Uh, on that side, I don't know if that answers your question, Deebs. Well, so so wait, that last piece, I, I, I'm you did for the most part. I, I just want to ask about that last piece. Were you referring to like your like is this some sort of multi-factor authentication where your different pieces are kind of split into different locations? Is that what you're referring to? That that's right. So the the wallet itself is split across three different locations. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I see. Um, I, and I, I think I'd seen that done before. A couple platforms are, are trying to take that approach. Um, I think you did answer my question. Uh, I still am just kind of trying to answer the big questions in the back of my head. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I've seen your website um, and, I, and I think it's pretty clear to me, like why businesses would want um, to use your product um, with when it comes to like, Reoccurring payments, stream payments, direct connection to a bank account, like understanding that probably I'm assuming accommodating large transfers of money. Um, and I'm not saying your tar target audience is necessarily users, but, you know, you mentioned bank transfers a lot. And I know that there are other platforms out there that also um, do this on the user side, something like like Kado. Um, and and right. so. You know, I'm not saying you have to advocate like why you're better than Kado for users, but um, I'm just curious, like if you think there's something we're missing here, at least from the user perspective of like, why would they really want to use your product? Like 
what are some of the key features that would differentiate you guys? Yeah, so from a user perspective, we've, you know, we've got a mobile app coming out um, uh, over the course of the next few months. Um, and we've got a, um, we've just agreed a partnership with a very, uh, you know, very well known card provider. Uh, and so the beauty of this will be that the ecosystem will grow out. So initially, it could be B2B, but you know, the ecosystem will grow into B2C, and that's inevitable. Um, and so uh, what we what what you know as um you know funds um leave the sort of b2b domain and start moving to b2c and then eventually p2p uh, we want to be able to enable um people who have Joomla on their mobile app to basically use that as if they would be using apple pay for example uh, so you would have a virtual card that would be integrated into that one of the other things that we're working on um which i Thing I'm allowed to say is virtual iBands directly connected to your to your to your to your wallets, uh, which is going to be a bit of a game changer. Um, <clears throat> so you know, again, what we're what we're really trying to 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 to, to do is to recreate that sort of Web two experience, but with the power of Web three, um, and be able to leverage um, your digital assets for for everyday living. Uh, so from a user perspective, you can you know you can walk into any retail outlet and pay. Um, with with whatever uh, asset you have uh, uh, within the Yumla ecosystem, um, and so that's some of the some of the things that we're going to be uh, enabling. And because of the fact that we're native tech, the fees are going to be super super low. Nothing compared to maybe what you're going to be getting with a Binance card or anything like that. It's going to be way way below some uh, below those numbers. That's fantastic. And what I'll do here, because I can see that uh, Guillaume has just come up. So we'll give Guillaume yeah, a Sorry, to... I managed to join. Sorry, I had to go invest. We have settings to allow the microphone and to join back in. And finally, I'm here. Welcome. Um, Thank Guillaume, you. is there something that you want to touch on that Nauman has just spoken about? Yeah, so, so it was regarding web free auth. Um, so basically, when you when you sign up on uh, on the Amlet platform, what happens behind the scenes is that your wallet gets created. Your wallet is essentially um, just a public address and a private key. This private key we don't have access to. You don't have access to. Web free auth doesn't have access to. But basically, it gets splitted in three parts. The first part is stored on your device, whether it's your phone, your laptop. Um, the second part is stored on the backend, and the third part is stored on their blockchain called Taurus. So if you if Taurus gets hacked, well, you can't do anything with that third of the key. Uh, if your device gets hacked, you can't do anything. If their backend gets hacked, they can't do anything. The only person that can reconcile the three parts is you with your identifier, which is basically the token associated to your Google email address um, or your uh, or your Facebook, what, whatever um, way of identifying you, you chose when you when you created your your um, your wallet, basically when you signed in. Yeah, it makes heaps of sense. I think I have a feeling that uh, the guys behind Obi Wallet, which has been built out, might have something similar. So that idea is already uh, in my in my mind. It makes sense. Yeah, to me. Kepler Kepler is using is using uh, Web three as well. Binance is moving towards this as well. So it's not um, it's not something that uh, we came up uh, crazy idea that we came up with. Um, some big boys are are now moving towards Web three as well. Yeah, fantastic. 
I'd love to touch on just real quick too. There are a couple of other interesting things from the upcoming features. One of them is cross-chain AI yield engine. Can we just touch on that a moment? Yeah, sure. So um, the cross-chain stuff is exactly what it says on the tin. Uh, so effectively, you'll be able to um, send money cross-chain. So whether that's um, uh, what we allow um, our users to do is to um, select their default chain. So we treat chains as accounts within Umlet. So let's say um, you know you you want you want to set your default chain uh, to Terra. Uh, so you would uh, literally just just do that within the platform, and and all your funds would be directly uh, uh, um, sent across on the, on the Terra chain. But let's say there was somebody um, who had set their default chain as Avalanche, um, and you wanted to send money between the two. So the cross chain stuff that's going to be coming uh, coming in soon is that they that will be seamless. That will be a seamless experience between somebody sending funds from, uh, say, Terra onto uh, somebody who's on Avalanche or Polygon or, or any or any other chain for that matter. So that's the, uh, the that's the that's the cool thing that we've got coming up on, on the cross chain side. Um, and then on the AI yield engine, um, that that is something that we're cooking up. We have been cooking up for a while, um, and uh, it's it. You know, it sort of started off with what you know the events that took place um, uh, early early last year, uh, or, or around summer, beginning of summer last year, and that was um, based on our backgrounds and having worked with some of the banks. And we're very very familiar with uh, how risks are highlighted and mit and mitigated uh, on whether that's through insurance, whether that's through um, uh, various different. Um, uh, uh, traditional banking platforms that offer yields, etc. Uh, and what we're doing is we're taking that concept and building that into uh, um, uh, into DeFi DeFi yields, uh, and using AI to effectively assess the risk on um, on any particular uh, offering um, uh, within the DeFi space, uh, and that will be presented as an open market. Uh, um, choice for uh, for Umlet users to choose based on risk uh, where they would like to, to you know where would they you know where they would like to uh, manage their treasury across. Aha. Okay. Yeah. So when I when I read it, I was like, "What's trying AI yield engine?" Because I haven't come across that sequence of words before. And I thought, just given the the explosion of Chat GPT and everything AI at the moment, I'm like, "Is this is this a buzzword that's just being used?" But as a risk assessment tool, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah, it's it, it it's it, so my background, you know, it, it it it's been mostly around, as I mentioned, data, data analytics, um, AI, and um, you know, business intelligence in the early days, uh, and that's a lot of stuff. I did a lot of stuff with regards to that with 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 the bank, uh, Bank of England, and also at the FCA, and and did quite a lot of work with with Credit Suisse um, on that front, and and so you know, having played with that kind of stuff and know the know that area really really well. Um, it you know it would seem daft not to not to bring that kind of concept into Web three, but but then to use the technology on Web three to to amplify that, take it further. Roger that big ten four. So what I'll do as we're arriving to the hour now, because we did start a little bit late, I'm happy to go uh, sort of five minutes over if you guys are around for another five minutes. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Because there's heaps, there's heaps that we haven't covered. I had a lot of questions sitting here and there's a lot that I'd love to get through, but I know that we're not going to get through it all. So I'll just ask a couple of key questions. Debs, if you're heading to the meeting, feel free to let the guys know that I'll be there a little late. But um, I, wanted to, I wanted to comment on your UI UX. So everything I've seen from the videos, uh, from your demo videos, et cetera, the UI UX looks super clean. 
um, looks really intuitive and user friendly. Um, when do people get to use this? When are we? What, what's the what's the timeline? Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, good question again. Um, we were going to to get the the product out there um, so towards um, the back end of last year, um, and with all the stuff that happened with FTX. Um, uh, and all the, you know, the, the FUD that was kicking off, we, we thought it wasn't the best time in, in, and we were risking getting drowned out uh, by a lot of that, uh, a, a lot of some of that sort of negativity. Uh, and so what we decided to do is to push um, the launch, official launch date uh, towards the end of January. So that's when you will be able to get your hands on it. Um, but I am more than happy to get you guys access to the uh, internal um, internal version. Uh, if you guys want to play around with it, it'll be super awesome to get you guys uh, feedback on that and, um, uh, you know, play around with it, try and break it. Cause that's, that's basically how you improve a product is, 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 uh, you know, you, you, you got to try and break it. And, and that's certainly been our ethos. Sometimes I think we've got a little bit carried away with our testing, uh, which probably had some delays, but it, you know, we are, um, uh, super perfectionist when it comes to giving the user an amazing experience and uh, Nasara who who heads up the the um the product side of things she she's an absolute um uh, OG when it comes to UX uh, she's built some of the largest apps on the planet um when it comes to fintech applications i think she even launched the first ever application for the emirates airline um yeah she did yeah yeah um and so so you know that that's kind of the experience um that has gone into the ui ux of of umlet so uh so yeah uh but getting back onto the question uh end of this month uh we will be launching the 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 the, the web app um end of this month so yes and that is a firm commitment i'm saying it here now and you i expect to be held to that <laughs> it's on record now we've heard it it's uh, <laughs> going to be on terraspaces.org forever Okay, final thing that I've got here is just, and it ties in with one of the other features as well, which you mentioned in on your website, which is the apps integration. Just want to check in integrations, partnerships, and collaborations. What's in the pipeline? Yeah, so um, just touching on the point that I, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier about sort of the retail, the online uh, retail business, businesses and e-commerce space. So we're looking at sort of Shopify integrations. We'll be doing... Uh, we'll be building um, integrations for iOS apps and Android apps. So let's say, you know, tomorrow you create a game um, on on Android and you want to be able to plug in a Web3 based payment system that allows you to on ramp and off ramp. Uh, we'll be making an integration available for mobile apps um, as well as uh, uh, web apps um, and also, um, you know, some uh, uh, um sort of all-in-one kind of um, shopping, uh, 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 what do you call it, platforms like Shopify, et cetera. So that, all of that stuff is is, is due course uh, later later this year. Um, fingers crossed. Fan-bloody-tastic, my friend. So with that all being said, anyone that's tuned in now, what can you give them just as a quick TLDR uh, summary of today's conversation and Umlet in general, what Alpha do people need to leave this space knowing? 
So, um, so yeah, I, I, I guess, um, you know, um, before I jump into that, thanks very much for your time, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's been a real joy uh, being here and answering your questions. Uh, but yeah, I think for, for, for some of the parting words is that if you guys are looking for an absolute um, awesome experience um, uh, within the uh, within the sort of payments, managing your payments, um, uh, uh, and uh, getting money from uh, your traditional uh, sort of bank accounts into into Web three. Um, you know, look no further to 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 to, to Umlet. Um, we're going to do an absolute amazing job at that, and um, you guys are going to be blown away with with what we've got in store and releasing and and, and end of the month. Hit us up at uh, at Umlet. Or um, just uh, head to our website and um, register yourselves uh, for early access. We'll be making sure that we'll be releasing some of those slots uh, very, very soon. Concise. Love it. Um, thank you so much for your time, guys. I've really enjoyed the conversation myself. I wish we could have got a bit more out. Obviously, Twitter was uh, being a little bit finicky at the beginning of this call, and we had to navigate that. But I'm sure we'll have more conversations in the future. And, and so with that being said, this is an uh, an invitation that I'll extend to you guys when you do have in, uh, some alpha or some news or anything that you want to share later on. Give us a call. Like, just you've got me in the DMs. Shoot me a message. We're happy to tee this sort of thing up and uh, help spread the word of you, Mutz. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Umlet Payments Infrastructure for Web Three, hosted by Dr. Doscoin with Orbital Command. Recorded on Tuesday, January tenth, two thousand twenty-three. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay. Checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday, and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base state blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist. Pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence like we forgot how to choose That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music
Jesus.